Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about looks, appearance, beauty, and don't tell me to smile. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we are so happy that you have decided to join us. Tune in, listen to this great show. As you know, Kirsten and I are here because we want you and everyone around us to have ease, meaning enjoy, in their jobs. And we firmly believe that listening to this podcast every two weeks is one of the, the ways, ways to, to get it. To get yourself some of that in the workplace. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And this is an interesting subject today because like Kirsten just said, we're talking about appearances at mm-hmm. work, looks, mm-hmm. how attractiveness and how all of that impacts how you present, how you present what you what people think about you speaking of presenting friend oh no it's true what do you want to say tell me about it you know (laughs) this is one of the reasons why i love the fact that we record (laughs) we don't have a video component to these shows because yeah speaking of appearance this is like it always hits close to home for me i have this I have multiple things that happen to me on my face regularly that alter the way I look. Not only do I get cold sores, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think I've even talked about on the we've air had, before. We've talked about cold sores, Which yes. are, they're just, I want them to be socially acceptable, but they're they're painful <laughs> scab <laughs> on your To lips. be socially acceptable, so do I. And But I also get this thing with my eyelids um, associated with allergies where my eyes swell up. Like a my eyelids puffy. Are just puffy. a little puffy. Not a little. I couldn't it's open my left puffy. eye yesterday. It's just a little puffy. You have to picture somebody... Who's been struck about the face with by some with something very large, but it didn't leave a bruise. All it did it was is, it does look it's allergies, right? I mean, that's what it looks like. It looks like puffy allergies. Yeah, but it's interesting that it happened to me two days before we we're going to record an episode about appearance, appearance mm-hmm. because it's it, it it does really hit close to home. I'm I'm cognizant of the fact that I am judged differently because I now have this bizarre. Mm-hmm you know, a thing going on with my eye. When, during COVID, one of my favorite things about masks was if I had a cold sore, you didn't know about Nobody it. Nobody sees that. I will say I used so much less makeup during COVID. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think I touched a tube of lipstick for no, months at a time. Exactly. And so today we get to kind of talk about how, you know, what we do, what women specifically do in order to kind of fit a mold, Mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. The impact of either buying into this or not or not. Mm -hmm. And hopefully uh, figure out some things that we can do about this. And of course, this this is a thing that we'll see as we talk about this affects women so much more differently. And there is so much more just impact to women on this issue, particularly at work. Yes. And so let's clarify what we mean by appearance first, if you don't mind, because we dug into data and research that were specific to Mm -hmm. perceived attractiveness, which has some definitions. I'm not going to go into it, but like really there are some things that... um, How far apart your eyes are, how wide your mouth is, how symmetrical your your lips are. Yeah, how symmetrical your face is, those sorts of things. Yep. So researchers, you know, identified things they consider attractive or that are that are deemed that universally humans attractive. Humans think mm-hmm. attractive. Studied the impact of those. Um, we read research about weight, height, uh, makeup, mm-hmm. clothing, etc. We, what we are not talking about necessarily is race 
or gender expression. We're really just dug into data about outward appearance in those things I just mentioned. And frankly, the true superficialities. Yes. Right? The things that are truly superficial that do not say anything about your soul or your intellect or your heart, right? These are just really superficial shit. It's superficial (laughs) shit that is so specific to women, uh, which is why I was really excited to do this. And, you know, and, and I guess we can start off by just I'm you started this morning when we were talking about this earlier just sort of talking about your product use oh my gosh I remember years ago counting the number of products that I used getting ready in the morning you know the shampoo the conditioner the body soap maybe the face soap uh, the toothpaste the deodorant the eye serum the moisturizer the shiny hairspray you know all that stuff it was 16 and what was so cracked me up is when I was reading doing the research for this show, that's like the average number of products a woman uses. Now, I'm lower than that now, but I can distinctly remember 16. Like, that's a lot of things to even just open and close in the morning. Or purchase, as we have seen. And track and store and all of the stuff. Right. And haul with you when you got to go somewhere and have an extra version of it in your purse in case you need a touch up. Exactly. So that we can exfoliate, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Shampoo, condition, shave, moisturize. All the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. A fit into others' expectations and definition of beauty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because some of this is about self-expression. Wonderfully so. And so I think there's also that distinction I would love to make is, you know, I love, I've said it before, I love wearing heels because it puts me over the six foot mark and I love being tall. If I was in a job that I was on my feet every day, I probably wouldn't love heels every, you know, as much. Yes, yes. If someone told me I had to wear heels or I had to wear makeup, that would be different than self-expression. In fact, personal story right off the bat, I used to sell clothes at the mall. And, and this was when I was in, in college, in fact. And I was going to university for an environmental education degree. I mean, in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> I was like the crunchy granola girl, right? But somehow I got a job selling clothes at the mall. And I was the top salesperson in the region consistently. Of course you were. Consistently. Of course you were. Oh, yeah, because you were afraid to leave the store without matching socks and earrings, <laughs> you know, right? But I got written up. I got reprimanded. And I actually got... In my pay, doc, because I refuse to wear makeup. Which, of course, just as the lawyer, right? It, that's illegal now, right? That's illegal. <laughs> you can't do that now. There's cases <laughs> out of Las Vegas where you can't do that anymore. Oh, but there, that doesn't mean there's not an expectation, right? Right. And so for me, the distinction there was I didn't want to. I didn't want to. It wasn't a self-expression. I was told that I had to, and that's really where this unfair. Um, that's that's really kind of where we're digging into today. Yeah, and I think it's what's it's another one of those things we talk about all the time, the catch-22 of being a woman in the workplace. You know, we're told, get out there, be yourself, spread your wings, be who you want to be. You can be anything you want to be as long as mm-hmm. your hair <laughs> is straight and shiny Yep. and you've got makeup on Yep. and you're not too heavy. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So and you can be who you are as long as you fit into a particular mold. Dress for success. Yep. You got to have the right clothes. Dress for the job you want. Don't be too old. <laughs> it's just exhausting. Oh, yeah. And by the it. way, there are other shows. The, the uh, And also don't be too opinionated. And don't be too this and don't be too that. Right. Don't. 
Uh, yeah, but back to appearances. Somebody um, in one of the things that we read kind of questioned why we do this. So in addition to what the GD, is that what we say now instead of cussing? Yeah. The GD patriarchy? I just think we, yes. <laughs> the FGD patriarchy? <laughs> Yes, that doesn't have to get the FSGD up. patriarchy. Yeah, in addition to what the patriarchy is telling us, um, in addition to kind of these standards that are set by women, it was an interesting thing to sort of think about. Really, why? Why do we why? do this? Why do we do this? And one of the people mentioned that we do it to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, when you fit in, you don't get called out. Yeah, right. You're like in the herd. Right. As soon as you get outside the herd, man, the lion's going to pick you off. That's true. Yeah. OK, I hadn't thought about that because I was like, protect ourselves, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's protect a, ourselves yeah, from judgment. Yeah. Protest, protect ourselves from, from unwanted attention. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Protect ourselves from failure mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, as we will see. Someone else mentioned that we do it to fit into a mold and to be more acceptable. Mm -hmm. You know, again, this is the patriarchy talking to us. Meeting other people's expectations of what we should look like and appear and what makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Incredibly unique to women. Yes. Incredibly unique to Mm -hmm. women. In fact... I have, this is such a personal subject. I, I'm going to have to stop myself from all these personal stories. But I remember, you know, women, if you watch a woman in front of a mirror, you know, she immediately tightened. Uh, th- well, maybe this is me. I don't mean to be overly, <laughs> overly general, but like tighten the stomach, mm-hmm. shoulders back, stand up straight, stand up straight, mm-hmm. kind of cock, cock yourself a little bit to the side so that you can kind of see the cute outfit. How do I look? My husband and frankly, most uh, I've been watching men do this for a long time. He stands in front of the mirror, hunches himself over so his gut is just like kind of hanging out, and grabs the oh big fat gosh. ball and goes, "What do you look at this, Krina? Look, look at this. Which is right? so it's very anyway. It's so different, yes. you know. But that even like I, you know, I got to. I got just not occur to me to do that. No, it would never occur, it would just to, me not to, occur to me to no, do that. No, because it's like okay, attractive me." You know, yeah. cute, but yeah. And he's like, "Look at this hideousness! Look at my big gut." Because he's not judged for the hideousness, right? Right. <laughs> there was a great TED talk that we watched on this uh, by a woman called Tracy Spicer, who's a TV and radio personality from Australia. She has this great TED talk where she really talks about this very issue: what it is women do, what we buy into, and the weirdness of that. Um, she talks about this. She has a great statistic, which is that women spend on average 27 minutes a day getting ready for work. That's 10 full working days a year. And men spend one third of that. Right. Getting ready for work. And I love the ten way. 10 minutes. She, yes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes. Shower, brush your teeth, out the door. Just gone. Mm-hmm. I love what she says, though. She she goes through all the things that she's done. She's standing on the stage. She's 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 beautiful. Yeah. She says I she says I exfoliate, I exercise so that I can be a perfect size 10, I shampoo, I condition, I shave, I put my makeup on, I moisturize, I spend 45 minutes on my hair, I spend 2 hours on my nails, and she's lovely. I mean, she really is, and she says, "But I only do this when I have to do this in front of you." Mm-hmm. And then she talks about in her regular life where she she says, I don't wear makeup. And then right on stage, she takes off her makeup. 
She puts water on her hair so her hair gets all frizzy. And then she strips out of her gorgeous blue dress into a tank top and like running shorts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's beautiful. And she's doing she's and her point Mm -hmm. is that. You know, she goes on to say she has young children. She has yeah. young girls. And she realized that the effort that she puts into beauty sends this signal to them and other women that you're only good enough if you're made up. Yep. And her, I guess her daughter asked her at one point, why do women wear makeup and why do men not? And she did not have a good answer for her daughter. Mm-mm. And she finally just, I think at the end of the, she obviously it wasn't because it made her feel good because it didn't. Um, It wasn't because it made her look pretty because she already is pretty. And I think she ended up telling her daughter, you know, this is what people expect of me. And I don't particularly agree with it, but, you know, she told her the truth. Yeah, she told her the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth, according to data, is exactly what she said, Mm -hmm. which is that women are expected to look a certain way. And when they do, they are rewarded for For that. The data also suggests or or points to, and we're going to talk about some specifics here in a second, that you're also penalized. Don't be too pretty. <laughs> you, you need to be. As with everything about a woman, you know, you can't be too loud. You can't be too smart. You can't be too opinionated. And you can't be too pretty, right? Don't be too pretty because being too pretty penalizes you as well. Yes. And in fact, there is this study that was yep. done by Professor Shepard yep. that's found that beautiful women are perceived to be less truthful, less trustworthy, um, and more deserving of termination than their sort of ordinary looking counterparts. Yes. But there's way more penalty if you don't fit into the mold. Well, I think, Karina, this being too pretty is not fitting into the mold. Okay. I do. I think if you don't fit into this narrow bandwidth of what people expect for you, then you get penalized. And that shows for very pretty women. Very pretty women, as you said, can be penalized as being seen as less competent, less truth, less trustworthy, and more worthy of termination. And for all of you out there who are just a little gleeful that the pretty girl finally got their due, this is bad. <laughs> I mean, it's just bad that anybody, even the pretty girls, face this kind of backlash for not fitting the mold, That's for being too pretty. Okay. Okay, so there's other ways that not fitting the mold penalizes you too, besides being too pretty. Oh, woe is those people. And, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot of data out there about this. So there's one seminal study conducted by NYU a sociologist, um, and and um, they found that uh, they talked, they researched a lot about women's weight. I this is so. Well, this is one of those things when I read it, Karina, I was like, of course, yeah. Damn it. Right. So they found that a woman's weight gain results in a decrease in both their income level and their job prestige. So right off the bat, regardless of whether you're perceived as pretty, which I think is like more facial features, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your weight dictates your salary. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Another landmark study from Cornell found that white females in particular, when white females put on an additional 64 pounds, her wages drop by almost 10 percent. Which is nuts. But I don't I don't think you're like you're not getting demoted because you gain weight. You're just not getting promoted. I don't, or you're I not getting you're the getting job. You're not getting demoted. I don't who knows what actually is happening. There the results are that you have you make 
10% less money. And if you're obese, it's 12% less. And of course, makeup, that's another one. Harvard University, Boston University, and the Dana-Farber Cancer Center did a um, study on women and makeup. And they found that women wearing makeup were judged to be more competent than women wearing either less makeup or no makeup. So makeup increases people's perceptions of your likability and trustworthiness as long as you don't wear too much makeup. Right, or too striking. Too striking or too much. Don't be creative. Right. Do not self-express right. with makeup because that you will be penalized. Right. And that so was... stay in your bandwidth, ladies. You have to stay in that... Mo- medi- Which is like, the thing that makes me nuts, you know? I if It's a, a whole idea that we're constantly having to stay in our lanes. Right. You, it, I think of this as contortions. Do yes. you have to contort? Yes. And this whole thing about makeup, too, it's interesting as someone who wear, wears very little makeup, if, if any, occasional lipstick and... Um, I told you about that one TV appearance I did where they're yes. like, wear more makeup, wear more makeup than normal. And I'm like, well, I don't have a normal. But but I th- did find this interesting that you are seen as less effective, less professional mm-hmm. if you wear too mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And if you don't wear enough, again, mm-hmm. it's that bandwidth. I know we're getting, kind of restating the same thing over and over, but it is. But this is interesting. And this is the point. Right. Right. This is this the point. Is the point. Yep. Um, okay, so here's another one. Um, yeah, height, mm-hmm. um, which I found this to be totally interesting. And as I mean, tall people, you know, we're both of us are tall. Yeah. And there's this point where like, oh, tall people. Like, I was never... Tall was not good when I was in seventh grade, no, just to be clear. No, Apparently, we've already talked about Grady pulling out is. the exactly. chair to exactly. dance with me <laughs> on the seventh grade dance floor. Yeah, no, tall women, no. Except, mm-hmm. except a woman who is five foot seven inches tall or above, which is, I didn't realize the average, national average for a female is five foot three. Yeah, five, three and a half. Five, three and a half. Which okay. in my world is like, oh my gosh, that's so little. I know. So when you're a giant. Uh, see, anyway. Do you look at listen to those value judgments? Yes, absolutely. Words. I feel the same way though. I'm always like, why in photographs, why do I just look so huge? Why is my head so much bigger than <laughs> this everyone? This is why we like to take pictures together. This is like tower over everyone. This is why we take them together. Yeah, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. so women's height, a woman who's five foot seven uh, will make about five thousand dollars more over um, a year. Than a coworker who's five foot two, and this this holds true for men too. Just as an aside, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's book Blink points this out that the <laughs> average, like of the five hundred, you know, top CEOs in the country, like sixty percent are six feet or taller, while the average American male is five nine. Yeah. So this is one place where height does affect men too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. You got one out of like six hundred seven. Yes, exactly. <laughs> on today's show. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let me just get this straight. I just need to make sure. Be pretty, but not too pretty. Mm-hmm. Wear makeup, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Be tall. Don't be fat. Don't be heavy. Don't be heavy. I don't even know what that means, really. Right. I don't even know what that means. But, yeah. Okay. That's confusing to me, even. Yeah, because what is that? Well, Tracy Spicer says it's a size 10. Oh, my God. I know. Right? I don't even know. I it, it just blows my mind. We have to move on. I can't stay on that one any longer. <laughs> Yeah. And as as you've heard on other shows, don't be too opinionated or too loud or too decisive or et cetera, et cetera. There are other biases that we see. If you're blonde, uh, you're not smart. If you're unkempt, you're lazy. If you're if you have gray hair, you're, you know, sort of the befuddled, not not on it. Yeah. 
Yep. And uh, also, you know, we do see our colleagues of color who have the natural, more natural hair, kinky hair, curly hair. Those are seen as un, uh, less professional mm-hmm. or not professional. If you're skinny, you're not trustworthy. Which is fascinating. So don't be too heavy, but don't be too, be too small. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think you and I have alluded to or talked directly about, which is if you're tall, you're not feminine. You know, I talked about this a little bit just a minute ago, but I want to come back to it. You know, when we do our pictures for the podcast, we don't wear a lot of makeup. We don't spend a lot. We don't spend we spend almost no time prepping. You and I both grab four things out of our closet and do whatever. Right. And it's interesting. People have said to me, why do you let Karina put those pictures of you up? And I'm like, what? Oh, my God. (laughs) I've had people say that. And you know what? And it is with the most love and affection because I know this person was like, she wanted to say to me, you're beautiful. Why don't you put the most beautiful pictures up? And I'm like, well, because that's the way I look sometimes. That is the way you look. And this is it. They're not, yeah. You know, sort of what you're trans. It's, it's interesting because you and I had this conversation early on about whether or not, like, what is authentic? What does authentic look like mm-hmm. for us? Mm-hmm. Because we want our podcast to sound authentic, but we ourselves wanted to be authentic. Because we want to be authentic. Because we want to be authentic. And that does mean, yeah, you put on makeup, you're getting your you're getting your picture taken and you want to be attractive. The last photo shoot we did though, we like we rode in a tractor, which I should post some pictures of one of these days. We were on the back of a tractor, hair whipping all over the place, changing our clothes in the middle of the for- of forest with no mirror on whatsoever. And, you know, and the pictures I choose are not always the most, mm-hmm. the, the most attractive. They're the ones where we might have a double chin or, or the most, but I think the most fun. Yes. Or the most interesting. Or have the most movement. Or and comp- so I do think in all of this stuff that we're talking about, we can find places to show up authentically the way we want to and kind of shedding these expectations. We can find these places. Where I and I have found those places. My career was mm-hmm. built in a nonprofit setting, doing environmental work where we didn't have, you know, I we didn't have the same kind of standards that other people, I think other women have to meet professionally. But there's different expectations. Yeah. Because I would have been like a unicorn in your workplace. Yeah. In my leather pointy shoes and my pantyhose and my skirt and my jacket and my, you know, and my all the stuff, right? Yes. So, I mean, even I get it that there's more room for that, less of that other stuff, but there's still stuff. You're right. There's still stuff. There's still stuff. It's just different. Mm -hmm. How is this, how has this kind of translated for you in your world? I mean, because I think that there is still stuff in the realm that I've worked, but the requirements are not the 15 products and the, you know, and the perfect clothes. And I'm assuming that that's kind of been, that's got to be your shtick. That's got to be the lawyer shtick. Oh, I can remember saying to somebody, he said, why do you wear those those high pointy shoes. And I said, well, because that's what people expect when they pay 200 and something dollars an hour for you or whatever it happened to be at the time. Right. Right. This topic, though, I mean, in one sense, it's superficial. Right. I get it. It's superficial. But there's another piece of this. It is not superficial. And it's about how we let our biases influence our decisions and our behavior in the world. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot on the show. But I really think that some of these same things that we're talking about, the same brain chemistry that happens, these these reactions in our brain are the same things that lead to all sorts of discrimination and bias in the workplace. Yes. Right. So we are laughing about makeup and we're complaining about it. But I think that this stuff we're talking about 
these expectations we have is that we expect our doctor to be white. We expect our CEO to be a man. And so I think that these goofy things we're talking about, like makeup and spanks, really do they're they're just illustrative of this thing about being human in the world and what we have to just struggle and manage right yeah and that it translates like you're saying it translates into judgment um, because of the color of your skin mm-hmm. it translates mm-hmm. into judgment because of your, your gender, gender expression your lack of gender expression whatever it happens whether to be. you have a disability yeah. in fact i have a, a client who referenced a conversation she was having with someone who's in a wheelchair. Mm. And since COVID, the woman who's in the wheelchair is behind a screen just like everyone else. Nobody, yes. And nobody knows. Her job is such that she is in, you know, she's kind of pops into these Zoom rooms and does her job. And she's not always, you know, so people don't know she's in a wheelchair. And she has gotten more airtime and more of an opportunity to speak, speak. And feels way more heard in Zoom than she ever has in her entire career because she's not being judged outwardly. And I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. The other thing, and this is specific to women. That's really good. That's a great example, Karina. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think about how wonderful that must be for that person. And and wouldn't that be wonderful for all all of us? And her all the time. Her all the time. Yeah. I think the other thing that, you know, we... We did read some information about it and we just decided to not dig into, though I do have to call out a lot of what these expectations about women and the things that we are, these, these standards that we are held to ultimately lead to the objectification of women. Yes. Yes. Right. Where we are seen as objects who need to mm-hmm. behave in a certain way, look a certain way, et cetera. And there is also a fair bit of data how this, you know, objectification then leads to violence. Yeah, to domestic women. violence, violence towards women. And that makes sense, right? When we mm-hmm. objectify things and take away their humanity, it's easier for us to do wrong to them. So thank you for letting me just kind of do that yeah. little, little side side note. But back to, again, this physical physical expression, physical, the expectations of, of us, of women on mm-hmm. our physicality. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about what do we do about this then? You know, part of why, why I wanted to talk about this today was because I, it's just interesting to me to be aware, to make myself mm-hmm. aware. Yep. Every time we read something or do a sh- show, I apply that in my daily life. I question my own biases. Mm-hmm. I question what, I, what stories I tell myself mm-hmm. and how I may be judging others or myself. Yeah. But I think that th- there are things that we personally can do. Oh, Absolutely. You asked me a minute ago, and I and I talked about something else, but I do want to come back to it. You said, what is my experience with it? Yeah. Okay, so I've been in the workplace for a long time now, you know, almost 30 years. And over that time, things have changed dramatically. We don't wear, first of all, nobody wears a corset, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just things we stopped doing. Um, Although that wasn't 30 years ago. That was longer. Or yeah. a girdle, that was longer too. But even in my lifetime, like... We don't wear pantyhose anymore. Yeah. So we don't, I mean, I, the last time that I saw a female lawyer in a suit, I can't even remember. Oh, I cannot even remember. That's the picture I have. Not anymore. So in my workplace, we have a really, we have, we have a woman who really expresses herself that way with her fashion and her appearance and loves it. And it's freely chosen for her. And because she chooses it, I like 
I love it, right? She's choosing it. Sure. There are times I show up to work and I choose to whatever, put something together to express myself. But there's a but now you can come to work if you want to. You can come to work in Crocs and jeans and, you know, clogs. I mean, we just have such a wider bandwidth of what's acceptable now. I probably myself would have a hard time meeting with a client in Crocs, but I would come to work in Crocs. And what do you attribute that change to? How can we apply that? Honestly, I think I'm in a workplace that's primarily women. Okay. And I think their women are intentional. Like I think my coworkers are intentional and aware of these things and they don't fall into those societal expectations and norms. And that is it's one been of normalized. It's been normalized. That's one of the things. Mm-hmm. You can even have a conversation with your coworkers looking around like, what in the heck? Right. What are we what are our own what expectations are we putting on ourselves mm-hmm. and and what can we change universally? Also what can we change in ourselves? That TED talk we referenced earlier, you know, one of her suggestions that is, you know, really take a just challenge the the use of products at a minimum, mm-hmm. you know, you save yourself a little bit of money and some time. Yep. You know, even that, take note of the number of minutes that you spend on this and see if you can, you know, slowly minimize that. You know, the amount of time we spend on grooming, as we said, it's like 30 minutes uh, a day. That's That equates to like 10 days a year. It's a lot of time. I, I used to, I don't do this anymore so much, but I used to plan my wardrobe out for the whole five days. Like I would plan dinner so I didn't have to think about it. Yes. And I would look at my calendar with the day and I would just really quickly pull it all together. And sometimes I'd change my mind, but I also have really changed my wardrobe. It's really simple now. There's yeah. a lot of black. Yeah. There's a lot of gray. What? There's a lot of black flats. <laughs> and that's also what somebody suggested, that creating for yourself a work quote unquote uniform. Some simplicity. That still fits, still, you know, that still allows you to express yourself in whatever way you want, but doesn't require 15 minutes changing your clothes in the closet to find the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. Has really freed up a ton of time mm-hmm. and created some different expectations for her at work. My parents did this. They recently traveled. Well, it was a while ago now. And they were traveling in Europe and they, they just they didn't want to be encumbered by um, large suitcases. So they just packed a couple of the same things in their suitcases. Yeah. Every picture of my mom is wearing the same outfit. She has the same outfit. You know, because she brought a couple it. of the same things. She looks like, yeah, she looks like she never changed her clothes. But she she said it was so freeing. She just didn't have to do that. I find that when I'm doing um, travel or backpacking or whatever, camping, where it's like, Oh yeah, I just I washed, really can get yes. I just washed my dishes with the same soap I washed yes. my hair in. I can get away with far less. Yeah, I can get away mm-hmm. with far mm-hmm. less, and finding ways to apply that in our own lives. I also, you know, I always talk about this woman in college who I came out of my room, my um, one one morning, and she said to me, "Are you tired?" <laughs> um, I'm like, "No." She's like, "Are you are you not feeling well?" And that was my first experience talking to another woman who was really judging my appearance because I was not tuned up, right? No makeup, hair not done. And that thing, when we say to people, are you tired? What the hell is that? How are you? Yeah, exactly. What the hell is that? How about this? How about, how are you doing? Yeah. As opposed to saying, what the hell? You don't have makeup on. You look tired. Well, right. What is the point? It's interesting to me that you still remember that. Oh, my God. Like it happened yesterday. And I really do. I'm going to get a little cranked up about this because I even now when somebody says to me, oh, you look tired. I say, no, 
I don't have any makeup on. Mm-hmm. And I really want to also flip them the bird when I say it. Yeah, because what the hell? What is that about? And I think that that, that is another thing that we can personally mm-hmm. do. Stop making comments about women's appearances. Which is, I, which is what I think has happened in my own workplace. Yeah. Right? There's just an awareness and a willingness to kind of have a broader scope of what we accept and what we treasure. I do think there is, I think I've seen change in my lifetime. I know there's been change before me and there can be more change around this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, it is, again, a double-edged sword. The comment, you look tired, is just as cutting as you lost weight you look awesome isn't that such a hard one yeah and so i think i just have decided to say oh my gosh you look great you look great yeah you just look great every day every day (laughs) i think that's it i've tried on clothes with women at uh, you know strangers at the consignment store and we all come out of the dressing room when we're looking and if she has a sparkle in her eye about something i say that looks awesome Mm mm-hmm you know, whether it because because if it's for her, it's because she wants to uh, feel good. She obviously feels good in something. And I think that's it. It's like celebrating women for who they are and supporting women for who they are. And, and letting people really express who they are individually and letting like this idea that we don't have to live in this little bandwidth. Yes. We you, can be bigger. You can be bigger. Because then we get to see everybody in all of their gloriousness, right? Yes. And maybe we'll get a little more time and a little more money out of the deal, too. (laughs) We get time and money, not just gloriousness. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I do have to say one final thing. There are a few other things you can do at work. If you're somebody who has an opportunity to hire, if you're in that privileged place of deciding people's income or job, i.e. hiring and promoting, finding ways to uh, eliminate that bias is one of the things, real practical things that we can Mm -hmm. do. Um, and we find that in how we review resumes, what, you know, people's names, we've talked about that, that, Uh whether or not, you know, they go to a college that's predominantly people of color, et cetera. Uh, you know, we can also do the same thing with people's age and with their appearance Mm -hmm. to a degree. So finding creative ways to eliminate what we know is in some cases, not in our control. A lot of these biases are unconscious and bringing them into the conscious and then taking active steps like that yeah. to change them is really the point. And remembering our mindset is abundance, right? Yeah. Like there's just this big rich world out there. Why do we keep like, you know, trying to like seg people off for various reasons, right? There's this big rich world out there. Yeah. So let's let let's have it. Let's let's get after it. <laughs> even if you have a swollen eye. Exactly. Even if your eye is all red and puffy. Even if you, yeah, don't, yeah, anyway. Okay, so there, that is it. I feel like that we've done it. Do you feel like we've done I it? I have. Thanks, friends, for listening. Thank you, I'm so friends. glad you're here. Aww. Anxious to hear your comments and what you think about this and, you know, whether you want to say, yeah, right on, or what do you mean? Whatever, we want to hear from you. Yeah, we definitely want to hear from you. Find us anywhere. 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 We're anywhere. everywhere. Anywhere. You cannot hide from <laughs> us. You cannot hide. <laughs> All right, thanks, Kirsten. Bye, people. Thanks, Karina. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. listening. <laughs>